0: Hey. hey Internet, uh, hopefully everybody can hear us <laughs> uh, Welcome to the game, it's a tabletop uh, talk show Uh oh, there's an echo, let me deal with that real quick
1: Okay, well, welcome to uh, Dungeon Studios, the game A tabletop discussion podcast um, We have a Guinness running it? the board she actually rolled a one tonight. Do you want to try to restart, or are we uh, still going here? You sound good, Amber, to me. Okay, Do I sound okay, I. You sound good to me, but Josh is saying we don't sound good on the live feed. All right. Um, We're hearing how we sounded, Josh, to you now.
0: The... All right. Yeah, it looks like right. the chat says we can we can be heard. All right.
1: And Josh, I gotta oh. mute you. You got some sound coming in on me too. All right. Welcome, everybody. Uh you <laughs> rolled a one on that one. But I, sure I am <laughs> still very I am still very impressed. Everyone, this is Giddis behind the board now. Usually it's Merwin being all grumpy and saying something about the show. But of course, this is a game about role playing, so you rolled really low. Just consider uh, me a
0: one. level one podcaster. <laughs> <laughs>
1: That's okay. That's okay. You, you you volunteered to take on the audio, and I appreciate that greatly. Uh, without that, we would not have a show. So thank you very much, Giddis for keeping the game rolling. Thank we you. We all appreciate thank you.
0: that. All right. So uh, like we said, hello, Internet, and uh, welcome to the game. We are a tabletop talk show and podcast brought to you by Dungeon Studios. I am giddis as doc had uh introduced me and uh he is the ever illustrious co-host uh dr Plutorius. <laughs> hey everybody what's up hey and it's everybody. almost
1: time for my um my blood my transfusion uh tomorrow so if you lose me tonight you know it'll uh, be all right i'll well, I'm hanging in there
0: we know why then
1: all right i'm a little bit like a vampire you know <laughs> Well, it is
0: late night over there, so you should be good. Hopefully. <laughs> yeah. yeah. As right. I said,
1: you got a late start on me, but we'll be okay. We'll be okay.
0: All right. So, we're going to move straight on into the things we hate, the shit we hate, shit I hate. Uh, you know, it's probably gone through various iterations over the uh, last 25, 26 episodes, I think, that we've been here. Uh, yeah. But uh, this may possibly be the last time that we do um, shit we hate, things we hate stuff we hate uh because um our viewers at least will notice that we are short one cast member tonight uh grom our ever illustrious grom has had to step away from the show for reasons outside of our control and rather than tell you all the real reason why he's not here with us tonight uh we figured it'd be more enjoyable for us and for you the chat uh-oh why am i hearing music is the show hearing music is it just me
1: I don't hear music.
0: Oh, that's interesting. All right.
1: Maybe just you.
0: Hey, hello from the Philippines. Did you see that? We have someone from the Philippines watching us.
1: Well, I know I had some folks from
0: the monster fights uh, from the
1: Philippines too. So we have some artists. uh, We have an artist from the Philippines on Dungeon Studios. Yeah, Yeah, I can't see the stream. It's very tiny. Yeah. To figure out, like I said, you're a level one uh,
0: podcaster. I'll podcaster, get better. <laughs> so,
1: so my monitor of the chat right now is a little limited.
0: All uh, right. But it's no. Uh,
1: so, yeah, I wanted to get hate. back
0: to, uh, yeah. So instead we of hate, us- Shit I hate. Telling you the real reason why he's not here. We're going to leave it up to you guys, the chat, and we're going to come up with some uh, wrong answers only for why he's not here with us today. So I'm going to start. Uh, If you've listened to the show enough, I think that Wizards of the Coast finally got tired of him shitting on them and they had him kidnapped. What do you think, Doc? <laughs> uh,
1: it's it's definitely possible. I mean, he does <laughs> shit on them a lot. Uh, he hates them for many, many reasons. Uh, it's definitely true.
0: Yeah. Do you have uh, any? I, actu-
1: I, I actually, I have to go with the Ancient Society of Gnomes, put a hit out on him. Because, uh, you know, he's been he bashing. <laughs> he's, he's been gnome bashing for a long time. You know, Wizards is trying to launch, you know, they're trying to bury the halfling and bring the gnome back. So, you know, that could definitely be it. Absolutely. Absolutely.
0: Oh, yeah. Any uh, other,
1: you have any other good uh, theories?
0: Uh, uh. Well, you know, I have heard from the previous podcast and when I joined the show that he is a big Magic the Gathering fan or he is a semi-pro player is what I believe he He said. was, he
1: was big into it. Yeah, he was right? really, really into it. So
0: I think he got discovered by an agent and he is now on tour <laughs> playing Magic the Gathering. He's probably living his best life. <laughs> he's,
1: he's living his best life playing that. Mag- I like that. I, yeah. I really, really like that one. Now, there's one other one. That, uh-huh. uh, is that he's actually been kidnapped by the government and the dudes in the black suits. Because we always talk about the government shutting down the show.
0: Oh, no. And that
1: that maybe he really uncovered something, you know.
0: Oh, he was onto our something. Our
1: symbol is not, you know the eye for nothing you know yeah. it's not the eye for nothing so you never know yep
0: yep, yep. you
1: never know but uh the i uh, dearly dearly missed um you know we had our last episode was campaign endings so yeah uh, grom to you out there we love you uh anytime
0: he yeah is. we're we're gonna miss the grumpiness um i'm sure yeah. there is a, all of you in the chat if you miss the grumpiness just uh we all need to kind of knock up the grumpiness a little bit here uh to fill that gap so yeah oh. please
1: please if you think they need to die please <laughs> let us know because we don't have grom here to keep keep us grounded in death
0: yeah right yeah i all see right. in the chat someone came up with uh he was charmed by a beautiful maiden uh Ooh. Yeah, something, <laughs> something against the grumpiness. Okay, you know some babies like go for that. that. <laughs>
1: no, no, that's true. You know, I'm thinking about. I was in Disney World when they used to have that. Ma- Did you ever play that thing at Disney when they had the magic cards?
0: It, what at Disneyland?
1: At Disney World. Oh, I'm Disney sorry, World. Disney no, World. sorry,
0: I've never been to Disney World.
1: Oh my gosh, it's this really cool thing. It's gone now. We had these cards, and you go up to secret locations, and you would hold the cards up to the windows, and you get like this protection, and they would cast different spells. You were a magic user. Okay. And you go to Jungle Land, and I could not get past the jackals from Jungle Book. And I realized I had to charm them. Oh, you know, my You know, th- that was the only way. You know, You couldn't fight past them, you had to charm them. And <laughs> You know, and whoever said that about Grom, charming Grom, you know, with the failed save is probably the way to go. Yeah. I like that.
0: Yep. And then I I had one other idea because of the Magic the Gathering. Um, We were talking about rare cards. And I think he may have gotten involved with a rare card smuggling ring. And so he has to kind of be... On the down low, or maybe he's overseas, you know, like that's where you get the good stuff. We did uh, just get
1: a message <laughs> from the Philippines. You we never did. Know what's hey, going on if it. you see Grom <laughs> over
0: there, give him some
2: good cards.
0: Oh, that is so funny.
1: Oh yeah. I, I do miss him. It's like uh he, he carried the show for half a year. So I have to say a big thank you uh huh. to Grom to and Dungeon Studios say thank you to Grom out there for uh getting this launched off
0: Yeah, uh, as thank it you has. So, much. so. Someone else said uh, that someone gave him a snickers, and he turned into someone else. <laughs>
2: uh, are you
0: secretly grom in in a nice disguise? <laughs> <laughs> that's,
1: oh, that's good too. too. That's very good. That's funny. Very good. I
0: love these. Keep them keep 'em coming, chat. All right, so uh, as we are moving on, um, I think we may we may change the title of this let us know if you have a better title but um it was shit i forgot we may be calling it something else right now i'm i'm calling it housekeeping but i don't i'm not really on board with that name so you know if we think of a better name for this segment that would be great yeah, It's
1: kind of is this this kind of this is like rules is written i don't know i didn't talk about kind of all right go ahead Tell, oh, well, what do you have to tell them? Tell us what you have to tell
0: us? Oh, well, ahead. I mean, basically, this whole segment is you know anything that throughout the last podcast that we realized, oh, we wanted to say that didn't, or a clarification or you know, yeah, so it could be rules as rules lawyer I don't know yeah we'll we'll work shop that, <laughs> but uh. All right, so a couple of things um, that- So I last
1: week we were talking on. about campaign endings and you saw something on Twitter? Is yes. that You saw something on Twitter about- Yes. That? Go ahead.
0: Okay, so, so the the main focus of our campaign endings uh, podcast was we were talking about how to kind of plot out the campaign, right? To, so that you can get to the end. What we didn't cover because it was covered in a, in a podcast, you and Grom did, was like what to do if your game fizzles out, Right. And some of the feedback I had gotten from the internet, because I like to go out on the interwebs and kind of ask people, poll people, get some information for the podcast. And a lot of people were saying, oh, my games don't fizzle out because we do this or we do this. Tips, right? Right, And I I saw this on Twitter and I really, really liked it. So I'm going to share this with you. Just in a revolution um, on Twitter, at Justin, Justin, a revolution said, start every campaign as a one-shot. Think of it as a TV show pilot. Forget big, long campaign plans and world building. If players like it, then pick it up for a number of seasons. Remember to end the series before you jump the shark. That last point, I really liked it. It hit home for me because I think that's an analogy that people can really grab onto. And I know that there are a lot of campaigns that, I think possibly fizzle out because it's just maybe going on and on. There's no like there's no point. It doesn't feel like you're getting to the end. Or, you know, maybe you do need to cut out before it gets to before you jump the shark. Uh,
1: you know what though? I think uh I I think it's interesting that they said that. I think this is a really great statement about not jumping the shark. And of course being the keeper of time, you know where that comes from, right? No. Jumping the shark?
0: No. Oh, you am don't. I gonna get a history lesson?
1: You have to. I mean, if you don't know where jumping the shark comes from, uh, it's very important that you know where jumping the shark comes from. Uh there was a popular show called Happy Days. Okay. Do you know that show? Oh, yes, yes. About I know the that 50s. show. Oh, yeah. Okay.
0: Hey. Well,
1: the Fonz, the Fonz, <laughs> hey, the Fonz is like the cool guy, right? Uh-huh. Um, and in the show, the show was struggling for ratings. And sure enough, they had an episode where the Fonz was going to water ski and jump a shark.
0: Oh, okay.
1: And the show tanked. And then the show was canceled. And thus, we have the term, jump the shark, has become part of media culture
0: for uh, wow.
1: uh, something, you know, ending badly. Uh,
0: that is wild.
2: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm
1: so it's kind of uh you know when you hear that term the same thing like the writers uh think about uh 70s uh sitcoms you know you're writing episode after episode and you've never really written a conclusion right
0: uh-huh. so that
1: becomes an issue are you getting neurotic and trying to move me
0: nope nope just trying oh, to fix okay. something there we go <laughs> There was a so, banner at the top of our page that was So
1: I think that's kind stuff. of important to understand too. Uh I like that make a make a TV show pilot a one shot, see how it tests and then run with it. That's that's a great plan and then knowing when to bail before you jump the shark is still quite tricky.
0: Yeah. That's
1: still that's still tricky. Like I'm sure the network people at the time thought, "Hey, man, Afonso's is going to jump a shark. This is going to be great." It might have they might have even been riding the coattails of Jaws, the movie. mm mm-hmm. Mhm. Um, at the time and then remember sci-fi tv was taking off because star wars hit the scene right
0: mm-hmm. okay so star wars so. star trek yep 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 all right well so i just thought that good. was really interesting so i wanted to share that because all i right. figured that was really relatable for folks
1: all right and then the next one i want to talk about is this uh creator summit uh i know you want to talk about it more they said that Eldritch Blast is now going to be a warlock feature instead of a spell. I sort of have this really problem with Eldritch Blast. Yeah. Why don't Eldritch Knights get Eldritch Blast?
0: Like, you know, why I've is never it- played an Eldritch Knight, so I don't know. I mean, but are they are they the same like base stats as as the warlock just meant to be more melee? I,
1: I think it's it's meant to be sort of like a sorcerer fighter. Okay. Uh, the, the, you know, one of the things about five E is they made all these combinations. And then people go ahead and multi class anyway. Mm-hmm. You know, like you're going to be an Eldritch Knight and multi class and Sorcerer, so you can try to get more spells or what. And and that's what ends up happening. You have to multi class to get Eldritch Blast for an Eldritch Knight. Which why name it Eldritch if an Eldritch Knight can't have it? I mean, yeah. that just seems. Or I think I've talked about that before. Anyway. <laughs>
0: uh well I, no, said, I didn't really have a lot to talk about other than that was for that point that was more of a clarification because we had brought it up uh that was no you know what that might have been when did we talk about the creator summit yeah that was last session right
1: yeah and, the, and i know there were some more there were some on questions it. About there were some the more youtube videos about it this week but like i said i don't think that's that big a yeah. Anyway, blah, blah, blah. no, that
0: was just more of a, a clarification because we were trying now to this... figure out it was a spell, it was a cantrip. What is it going to be now? They said it's going to be a feature. So,
1: now this one, you're going to put me in my place. So, go for it. I like <laughs> this one.
0: So, we were talking about Easter eggs, and you and Grom were very <laughs> adamant that the earliest known video game to have an Easter egg was adventure. And I think in the chat, there were a lot of folks that agreed. What I found out. Because I did my research, because I'm curious, I found out that it is not. That the first video game to have an uh, Easter egg is Moonlander in 1973. And the Easter egg, uh, or sorry, the game is that you, as the player, try to land a spaceship on the moon. And if you fly horizontally enough, then you encounter this is what I'm reading. I have never experienced this in my life. But if you fly horizontally enough, you encounter a McDonald's restaurant, and if you land next to it, an astronaut will visit it instead of standing next to the ship. So I wanted to bring that up in case anybody in the chat had heard about that, or if you had heard about that, um, because apparently adventure is often le- often mistaken. As the first video game with an Easter egg.
1: Hey, I, I do. I do have this to say to you. Okay. Yeah. Um, because it comes from. And you and I were talking about this already. The game Lunar Lander. Which was an old. Um, 101 basic computer game. Written in basic computer language. When I first took computing. So yes. I have <laughs> experienced. You flying the moon lander to McDonald's. Uh <laughs> But like, gosh, it was so far uh, back in my memory banks. Uh, And I think the other thing that makes it different is the exposure to pop culture. Right. Uh, When you talk about this game written in 1973, you know, this game, I did not see this game on floppy disk, probably uh, mass marketed till 1979. At my friend's house, who went to a special junior high school where the kids got TRS-80s at their houses, mm. so they could come home and do their word processing at home with their floppy disks. Um, so I was, I you know, was able to get exposure to that whole, and that's where I did. That's where I actually played Moonlander. So Billy Mahoney, if you're out there, buddy, <laughs> woo, we're back again. You're back again. Woo, that goes way, way back.
0: Right, uh, it was probably the, the popularity, Disc. right? So everybody saw yeah. Adventure first or saw the Easter right. egg in Adventure first, but really, yeah.
1: And yeah, and so- again, I don't, and we were talking, in our discussion, I don't think the dot in Adventure was
0: termed
1: an Easter egg either uh, for many right. years later and then pointing back. So pointing back, it is a McDonald's in Lunar Lander. Yeah. And I'm going to bet I'm going to I'm going to bet there's even more. There's a lot about uh, Microsoft and stuff that are hiding. But let's <laughs> I digress. <laughs>
0: As we are wont to do. Uh, all right. So the last little bit, not a major piece of news, but um, we talked about Critical Role's um, po- podcast that they picked up called midst um or it's more like an audio drama visual drama um i did finally give it the first episode a listen although i will admit i was very busy so it was more like you know if you glance words when you're in a in a hurry i was just listening slash watching with like part of my attention um so i can't really give a good critique on it other than The narration is very interesting, and it really reminded me a lot of um, if you ever listen to the serial podcast, very kind of uh, facts. Facts provided uh, by a narrator in such a way that it kind of causes this mystery that you want to solve. It also kind of reminded me of our dark mysteries, uh, which is why I wanted to bring it up, because you're listening and you can almost see the mystery unfold and then you begin questioning, okay, well, what is happening here, really? And you want to listen further because you're just so entranced by this this strange. Well, thing that's I happening. think
1: um, uh, the fables of forgo- fables from the Forgotten that they're also working on the voice actors here at Dungeon Studios are are also like that. Um, yeah, where you start hearing a story and you're like, okay, what point of view am I? Where am I? Yeah. Uh, so both Dark Mysteries and Fables from the Forgotten both uh, kind of. Are on that, on that genre, the genre well, you know, they history. stole that from us. See, everyone steals everything from Dungeon Studios, right? It's the little creators and they find it and then they steal it. That's a you know, that's yeah,
0: that's what it is. <laughs> we have good ideas <laughs> so I tell folks. all the time, yeah. So,
1: I tell Grandma all the time, you know, we're the ones that have been here every week saying this stuff out loud, and everyone else is doing it. I was like,
0: yeah, anyway. oh man, I could just talk forever on like things that I feel like I invented that i didn't
1: <laughs> so let's move into the nerd news then because yeah. because right. we got a lot, it looks like you have a lot of notes here man you you did a lot of nerd news here i only yeah. have one thing to pick up
0: okay so Oof. you know knowing that grom wasn't going to be with us i was a little worried i figured i'd over prepare okay. and okay. we could just okay. cut stuff out if we start talking too long All i right. can just remove it throw it away so what's it. this
1: about what's this about pathfinder what's going on here they're uh... So
0: if you were following the OGL nonsense, right, which is what I think we've been calling it, um, then Pathfinder had announced that they were going to be working on what they call the ORC, the ORC, their Open Creative License, Right. right? Right. So there was an announcement this week that they released their first draft. Of this creative license, and there's, you know, a link. If you search, you can go and and look at it. And I think you have up until like April twenty first to provide feedback on it. Hey, um,
1: it's my birthday.
0: Oh, is it? <laughs> hey, happy yeah. early birthday! Woo-hoo. So, all right, go ahead. So, anyway, uh, I just thought that was really interesting that you know they're working on it collaboratively. They're sharing it for people to provide feedback on, um, and. Yeah, I just, I just think that's great. I, I really am interested in the way that they're going about this because of the fact that they're um, registering it to this Library of Congress uh, so that it kind of prevents that situation that happened with the OGA.
1: Right, right. Which... And I see they're they're also licensing some adventures for a reasonable price. Oh, yes. Uh, that looks uh, pretty cool.
0: Yeah, they just put out a new adventure where... Um, which they announced it's 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 supposed to be for beginners like to try to get beginners into pathfinder which obviously the timing is good right so it makes sense so for 24.99 it's called pathfinder hey we don't need to
1: promote them no you're right we don't have to promote them but i just go on there's too many notes here let's go down to the next one all right that's great for them yeah new game hooray so and then they're also
0: coming out with two video games which i thought was interesting um one's gonna be well yeah they
1: gotta crisscross into that market right you know so
0: they gotta cross market uh-huh, um, so uh-huh. they announced um, that they're putting out two video games. One will come out soon. The other one is still in development. Um, but yeah, I just thought that was pretty interesting. They've they no, they put out a lot of stuff this week, so I wanted to make sure we touched on that. Um, that says
1: Arby's. You're talking about the fast food restaurant Arby's. Yes.
0: Okay, all right. So Arby's you're going ahead. Restaurant. I didn't bring up Arby's yet. No, I, but... have, I
1: keep pushing us forward. Arby's the restaurant. What what about this Arby's thing? Okay, tell,
0: tell us. Do wait now. Where you live? Do you have Arby's? Because maybe not everybody knows what Arby's is. Yeah,
1: I have Arby's. Okay. I, but I they're mostly like drive-thrus combined with like other restaurants. So I'm right. intrigued and I haven't heard seen any advertising because I am a true nerd and, you know, don't have real media exposure. So go ahead. All right.
0: <laughs> so apparently someone in our chat knows. <laughs> What Arby's is, because they got the dice meats, is what he's saying. Um, And also, he's asking about Enron stuff, which we will tell you in just a bit. Um, But Arby's, if you don't know what it is for where you're at, I don't know, those in the Philippines... I've been to the Philippines. I'm from the Philippines. I cannot remember seeing an Arby's there. So hopefully you know what it is. But it is like a roast beef sandwich kind of place is what they're known for. Um, Their tagline is, we've got the meats, because it's all heavily meated sandwiches. Gosh, man, she's
1: got so many people that could be paying us for advertisers, (laughs) Mervyn, if you're listening out there.
0: (laughs) Shit. Go ahead.
1: Go ahead. Go ahead.
0: I when I when I could eat or when I could eat gluten, um, I loved Arby's. It was like my guilty pleasure because it was so disgusting, but so good. And uh apparently they announced they did this I, I guess back in twenty one. They put out dice, D D dice. Set right poly and they were clear with the Arby's hat inside of them. And I, being a dice goblin, would You have them. Uh, No, I wish I did. I didn't know that they did this back in 2021. But today, they announced it. And last year when they did this, they sold out in hours, like two hours. They were sold out. So today, they announced it. It's probably too late for you folks today. You could check your Arby's. They might be sold out. Stop promoting
1: them. Just give the date.
0: It's the dice. <laughs> but so th- they're doing it again on April 21st. So if you want my these birthday, Arby's see? dice it's on your birthday. birthday, go, okay, maybe you go, because I don't have any Arby's around me. Go to Arby's, get me some dice. I will pay you double, <laughs> okay? I want these dice.
1: <laughs> oh my gosh. I will see if I can find you Arby's dice, but I haven't seen it, heard anything about it. Um. But yeah, now you just gave out the secret. Like, what? what are you doing? You should just message me that. You don't put that on the nerd
0: news. Well, but nerds uh, might you want are it. Not...
1: No, <laughs> Nerds keep stuff on the down low first. Then we say, hey, look at the dice we got from Arby's. What you oh, my God.
0: I, I am a Merlin generous now. nerd. I you am are...
1: turning into the grump.
0: Jesus Christ. I'm a generous nerd. I share the wealth, okay?
1: <laughs> oh, boy. What's this next thing here you have here? More critical role? Uh...
0: Yeah, more critical role stuff. I'm sorry. Are uh, but... you
1: promoting these guys too much? No, way, way too no, no, much. no,
0: no. I just thought I if really any. We the have fans like... next
1: like. I think the next story is really more interesting. So the live action Dungeons and Dragons series with um, Dave. Uh, I'm going to say his name wrong. Crivello as the showrunner mm-hmm. I think is great. And everything I'm reading about e one and moving dungeons and dragons forward on paramount plus uh hats off um and i've been watching doom patrol and i'm realizing now that that was paramount plus so if it's on paramount plus it's all systems are go um and then reading that they're just ready to sell uh e1 it's e- got like they're going to sell e1 yes e1 is ready for sale okay yeah. He, I mean, A1 is packaged and ready to go. And you know where it's going. We've been hinting at this in the game for a long time, if you have not been listening. um, It's after C, but before E. And I don't know why they like using <laughs> a multi- – why they use an addition sign and not a multiplication sign, I don't know. But anyway – because um, I realized that too, Doom Patrol is the forerunner to all that Marvel She-Hulk and uh, Vision, WandaVision, mm-hmm. that whole retro superhero uh, thing going on. But anyway, so anyway, Dave Carell taking over the live action Dungeons & Dragons series. Awesome, awesome, awesome.
0: Yeah, you know uh, what I like m- about that is I didn't realize that this guy is the the producer for Deadpool. So mm-hmm. and Deadpool yep. is a fantastic IP. I mean, they do it really well. So hoping that if they're taking over this Dungeons and Dragons series that it's just going to be fantastic.
1: Yeah, and and it's interesting to me how far Deadpool has come because when that first that first hit the comic scene, uh, oh my gosh, that was a big deal. But anyway, Mm-hmm. I digress once again. <laughs> uh, Minecraft Legends is coming tomorrow. Is that the D and D?
0: You know, I I was going to ask you because I tried watching a trailer for it, but again, super swamped. So it was a half listening. Um, it I think it might be. Yeah, yeah.
1: It's yeah. the crossover IPs are all are all being released right now. Right. Um, and we've been talking about this for weeks and weeks. Again, that's why I don't want to promote any of their crap, because you need to go to DungeonStudios.co and check out all our adventures. We'll go back to that in a second.
0: Actually, are we? Because um, I was going to say, maybe now is a good time for you to tell everybody <laughs> about uh, the world of Eneron. We have some chat asking
1: no, no, let's finish up your stories here. Go ahead. You finish okay. up your stories here.
0: Well, I only had one other thing. Um, yeah, go ahead. As I believe it came out last podcast, I am a very big horror fan. And um, the Evil Dead franchise is wonderful right it is the
1: right no no horror
0: selling yeah well so the evil dead rise is coming out on april 21st your birthday everything's happening on your birthday (laughs) Ah,
1: it's a great day man it's a great day
0: and so (laughs) i heard through some news sources that there is a possible um cameo from bruce campbell uh which i find interesting because he officially retired that character ash Back in
1: 2018. Okay.
0: So for him to do even a cameo is kind of like big news for the fans that love this franchise. Um, But... All the news sources I've read said that this cameo is like a blink and you'll miss it. So for all of us nerds that love to find those Easter eggs, I figure if you're going to be watching Evil Dead Rise, you're going to watch for that blink or you'll miss it moment to see if you can find him. Um, But yeah, even even the actor, Bruce Campbell, has not confirmed or denied if that's the case. So this could be rumor. I could be lying. (laughs) When did Evil Dead
1: jump the shark? When does Evil Dead jump the
0: shark? When the fans are tired of it, which will be never, <laughs>
1: never. I, once you had video game, and it just I just think about the first one, the first Evil Dead, and I read a thing about the first cast. Yeah, they slept in the cabin.
0: Yes. That's right uh, for
1: the filming. That's so cool. Uh, I, I think that's so cool.
0: I would. Oh my god, I would love it. <laughs> it's a shame that I. I think I. the The cabin isn't there anymore. Is what I had heard. And
1: oh, I don't know about that. That's interesting. Yeah. Right, oh
0: boy, right. now I'll have to dig into that for the the stuff I forgot. Uh, housekeeping, whatever we're gonna call it next next week. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I'll look into that because I think I heard that that cabin is no longer there. It got torn down after evil dead 2 i believe somebody correct me in chat if i'm wrong um and i think they had to rebuild it for like any other movies or things where they've they've used that set but um the original house
1: all right so i'm ready for the enron pitch right is that is that you're ready for that in dungeon studios okay so all
0: right chat -er, -er hold on to your seats
1: (laughs) all right well first of all i want to say um dungeon studios uh we we are uh, work live out of facebook obviously right now you know trying to work up that live feed that we can get uh and we're trying to get our followers so if you're out there following us and you have friends or a group of D players get them to follow us too man we want to smash that follow button on facebook uh hit that thousand followers and that sort of makes things easier for us um you know i watch these videos with my kids all the time and you see the the people promoting there, please hit the button, please yeah. hit the button. Uh, if you're listening to us or like us on anything, uh, do that. That really helps us out. Make comments. I'm always around. Uh, we were pitched tonight's episode about Druids and we had so much feedback. Um, and sure I tried I to get back to everybody comment, uh, thumbs up. So thank you. Uh, dungeon studios is developing, uh, a really cool, richly developed world with new playable species, classes, and backgrounds. Okay, um, they're unique to the setting. Now, the world uh, is set up on a planet where something has crashed into it. Uh, the impact has caused the Earth to shatter, or the planet to shatter, forming new landmasses. We have some floating landmasses, and there's a great rifts which cause runes. Uh, or wounds in the ground and the planet and wild magic ore has been exposed. Think of like, you know, the earth's core is wild magic and you can actually get this stuff. Um, And that's caused all sorts of different uh, effects and species to be changed. Wild magic storms and all kinds of effects. Um, The world has calmed down and returning to, you know, playable D and D five E rule set. Um, technology sort of incorporating, giving it like sort of a steampunk flair. And right now we have a volume one set of adventures that was already backed by Kickstarter, which is out and available on DungeonStudios.co. I'm not going to go into all of them. They're really cool.
0: Yeah, um, check out the website. There's a lot yeah, there.
1: There's a lot there. Um, and then you see our Eneron and non enteron adventures that are available as well. I'm um, also pitch my own monster book i took the old ancient cartographer monsters that are free uh use and i gave them all stats so if your players are on a seafaring adventure and they ever go off the map i got the monsters for you check them out at (laughs) dungeonstudios.co um and our volume two adventures we're getting them out to our uh patrons for our second kickstarter We're also working on Volume 3 adventures, all set in this world of Eneron with some new monsters, new items, and of course, crisscrossing into D&D 5e content uh, that's accessible. Um, We also have a Discord. Uh, If you want to join us there, it's open to the public. We're always looking for test players, artists, writers, voice actors. I'd love to meet a map cartographer or someone who does Mm. isometric sketching. We could really use an isometric sketcher, man. And, and the one thing I want to say about dungeon studios, I've been there for a year and a half now. I know Merwin's left us. You've joined us just recently taken on the enter Chronicle. No people here. Merwin was doing this and that. Um, It's really an opportunity. If you are a fan of TTRPGs and you want to become a creator, Um, we always talk about creator versus consumer dungeon studios is a great place for you to get a start. We have a lot of friendly and great people here that are open, um, and want to get you started on the path. Uh, so give us a shout. All right. Again, smash us on Facebook, YouTube, wherever you listen, watch, Hey, come join us on discord. I'm always there. I love doing DM advice for people. Um, I've pitched some pretty cool things that people come into the chat with and then we never see them again. It's so sad. Yeah. <laughs> uh, social media is about being social. So if you're out there, comment, thumbs up, smile. I don't even care if you're angry about what we post, please be angry.
0: Yeah. Uh, that helps
1: us engage. That's, that's what really helps us out there.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And then are we still looking for play testers? Always.
1: Yeah. Always. We're, we're, I mean, we're looking for community. I mean, um, our CEO, Josh just put out a call for just a Wednesday, Wednesday night campaign to start running a campaign. We have two test DMS that are like waiting to run games on weekends and no one's showing up. Uh, I was running uh Friday mid afternoon games, East coast time. You weren't able to come anymore. So we yeah. sort of shut that one down. Uh, I know, uh, Anubis, one of our writer DMS is running, is trying to run monster fights, 12 noons on Saturday. I mean, we talk about having a d and d community. We have a billion people on our discord, but nobody's showing up. we we're active. We have 25 episodes of uh, you know this podcast. We're doing YouTube shows. You want to be involved? this is the place.
0: Yeah, that's that's
1: all we got to say. We're, yeah. we're active and we enjoy creating. so come join us.
0: Yeah, we basically are. We've got our hands out, like, come on, talk to us, hang out with us. (laughs) We're just waiting for you. Maybe we're coming off a little too desperate (laughs) for those people. (laughs) No, 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 no. And I
1: think I think a lot of people that listen to the show know that I am, you know, because of my disability, I am in a dungeon. I I live in this room with an air filter. Mm -hmm. I've met a lot of people over the last two years at Dungeon Studios that are great friends of mine, just like Merwin leaving now. You know, he's still a great friend of mine. We're still talking. And how's your wife? How's your kid? um so to me it's it's part of my everyday existence now so i'm sorry if i promote it that way but yeah hey that's that's the way it's like a family to me
0: yeah no i love that that's where people feel welcome right well i guess it depends on how you feel about your family but
1: (laughs) well and that's it too you know i always have time for my family all the time i talk hey there we go that's why the mug is papa Mm -hmm. of the year baby Mm -hmm. there's always a priority so that's the shameless plug. That was pretty long. Hopefully that was I didn't go great. too far. Did I go too far?
0: No, I think you went just just right. <laughs> all right, cool. cool
1: all cool. right.
0: So it looks like you have something you want to talk about for our... Um...
1: Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I forgot. Um, for Still news, part of Nerd, nerd News. Nerd News, yeah. Yeah. Um, I just read this too. Uh, like I said, I'm pretty active on Facebook and trying to get around to all the different sites. And I saw Luke Gygax... Uh, just shared, um, he wants, uh, prayers and best wishes. He is heading back to Wisconsin to a trial to establish that the will discovered researching his dad's IP is a valid last will and testament. I guess this has been going on for three years. He's taken on all the financial costs, um, And really to him, this is not about the money um, because I guess there's six children, uh, you know, that this estate would be going to um, over 50 K. But for him, it's really about finding the truth and, you know, kind of honoring his dad's final wishings, final wishes. Um, And really it's him and his wife. We talk about family. So I I really appreciate uh, he always is talking about his family and his what's going on they're really just fighting it um even though they're taking on the financial risk to their family and everything for the sense of just so hats off to them i've talked about on this show how the whole thing has been a ripoff who's owned what first where when why how i hope they can just put this to rest yeah um i i don't i don't foresee either outcome as good or bad that's the other thing, Luke, before I say anything. Um, Josh has also mentioned that Luke may actually be able to join us really? on the game one night. Yeah, he's, awesome. he's on the yeah, he's on our short list to be uh, joining us. Um, I don't know about the outcome because I want to say I don't know enough about the whole situation. But uh, if, if you're out there and th- that's real news, I feel like it's kind of no one's doing a YouTube story about it. How about that?
0: Yeah, that's probably why I was surprised when you wanted to add that. I hadn't heard anything about this. Yeah, so yeah. Yeah.
1: and like I said, I'm a super nerd. Uh super yeah. nerds find weird stuff in weird places. And <laughs> don't we <you> all? Know, <laughs> next then next week that'll be a, you know, someone will be doing YouTube story about Luke I and it's not because we did it first. It it I just yeah. saw it and we came on. Okay. How about your week in games? Because you know what? <sighs> I did not play this week. We took a week off. Yeah. Yeah. So I did not play and we're coming back to a mask of the red death. Um, This Thursday is, is the plan. So what did you have this week for games?
0: Oh man. Wait, I got to ask. So no, not even any kind of planning done. I know you were talking with that one gal about like, what's going to be for the next campaign. None of that. No, no,
1: no. Uh, it it no because i guess when we when we sat down the last time we played i had asked her again like i said and i just kind of left that on the side burner
2: mm-hmm.
1: i'm supposed to be making a backup character for red death because red death is more of a dungeon crawl you're going to be dead in the next second which i have not done yet mm-hmm. um and i was busy at dungeon studios actually doing some homebrew yeah. um i got deep in some homebrew and then you threw me some more uh some and more corrections uh yeah. came at me That's my which fault. I'm which sorry. and no that wasn't your fault that <laughs> goes back to the guy who didn't proof him when he was proofing ah. if you think about it right
2: yeah
1: right because i'm not a proofer i always need a proofer yeah. i've always said that i but just anyway. happen
0: to be a little bit of a nitpicky uh grammar nazi so <laughs> which everyone here will learn <laughs> no.
1: so so we did have a game this wednesday uh at, oh, the Dungeon, Dungeon Studios. Studios.
0: Yes. How, how, yeah. Do you know anything about I that? Did, I
1: did not listen in. I didn't think it was, it was a zero. They were getting set up.
0: Yeah. Okay. Uh,
1: and, and you know, I know that it's kind of neat because a whole bunch of people discovered that Eneron characters are on D&D Beyond. Yeah. So you can actually go into the builder and use them and that kind of stuff. So uh, I don't know how much longer that's actually going to be available. I don't want to talk about that. How was your week in games? What did you do? Tell us, because you always cut and dry. Go.
0: No, but it's not. Yeah, it's going to be really short this week. So, um, same thing. I both of the games, the game that I play in and the game that I run, they're both monthly, and neither of them have happened in this last week. So, I have nothing to report there, other than that I am in the planning stages for the next session. Um, we already played what, like two weeks ago. And we're going to be playing again before the end of April. So that's unusual for us. I usually have a whole month to plan. So with everything being really busy, I'm kind of like, uh, I don't want to say I'm strapped. I'm just there. Last I left off, they're inside the dragon turtle and they found the place where the book is. And I'm trying to create some kind of a challenge for them to find this book. And they are pretty high level. they are well high level relative they're i think level 14 right now if any of them are in the chat they can correct me um but i think they're level 14 right now so i and i do have i've noticed anyway that i have to really scale up my challenges for them because they somehow just kind of knock things out of the park and make things look too easy so it's taken me a long time to figure out that i really need to kick things up an extra notch and then if right. I, and then at the last minute if I need to scale back I can but that's a lot easier to do. So that's where I'm at is the challenge is finding a book. How do I make this very difficult for them with the risk well, the of thing, them not finding it?
1: <laughs> the one thing the one thing I I really like is that if you set up something more narrative mm-hmm. so let's say you tell the players you need to now come up with three skill checks
2: mm-hmm.
1: um, or 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 some combination of skill checks to discover something about this book and they have to each feed you back something that involves more than one skill check mm-hmm. so for advance so for example a, a, um, a bard has to come back and say i'm going to use um, persuasion and something else, and do this,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and and I always felt like that's kind of a cool way for them one to feel like they're super involved. Now everyone says, oh well, what if they roll a low or roll a one? That just changes the narrative to them not doing it well or doing it poorly, or you can laugh about it because they fall on their face. Yeah. And I found that those things really, really work kind of cool if they are designed specifically for the situation. Um, and again, I don't want to give away any spoils for your specific situation. Oh, that well, that's sense. why.
0: I mean, you can make up all that you want. Trust me. And they won't know where I'm going to go with this because <laughs> I can see my husband's in the chat. He confirmed they're level 14.
1: <laughs> okay. Okay. So um, I'm trying to think. Um, I was in a test play where we were in a chase and the chase was away from these wear rats like we were completely outnumbered from wear rats okay um and we had to find higher ground or something something to that effect like it's like okay you could fight the wear rats here but you need to find higher ground now again at 14th 15th level you're telling them it is a little bit railroady right But then I'm saying, okay, so you have to give me three skill checks, um, what you're going to do in this next turn before you're overtaken by these um, creatures. Mm -hmm. So one player could say, okay, I'm going to use athletics and climb up the wall. I'm going to use survival and put some pitons. I'm going to use sleight of hand and put some pitons in the wall and anchor myself. And I'm going to be in a ready action to start shooting arrows. Okay. And everyone sort of has to give a three-step skill check that they need to do. And then when you roll it, then you get to change. Well, you know what? You got up there and your piton's not holding. Yeah. So then the action starts where those skill checks end up. Okay, wait. So So let
0: me stop you real quick. So were you saying if I have a party of five... Are you saying that each person says what they're going to do before I let them roll to see how it comes out narratively?
1: That's interesting.
0: I have not done it that way before.
1: They have to say what skills their player character is going to do, what they're going to do. Yeah. I always like to ask players outside of the room. Well, what is your character going to do? Well, I'm going to ask them and then say, then as the DM, I say, okay, this would fit into intelligence under, this and this mm-hmm. well this fits under dexterity under sleight of hand like the one i did with the mountain climbing this is going to fit under athletics and it's going to fit under sleight of hand for maybe in, even survival mm-hmm. you could have three skill checks there and maybe if one of them failed then as the dm you set them off on that action now you have them looking for a book so then you have a location
2: mm-hmm.
1: so then think about you know Things going on in that location that they may have to confront or deal with.
0: Mm -hmm. I'm just curious. I'm still trying to wrap my brain around. So when I do skill checks, it's always like a one at a time. They narrate, they roll. They narrate, they roll. And then I, but you're saying they're all So what you're going to say is
1: they're going to narrate three. Like I said, let's, let's talk about that thing I just said. So the guy's going to climb the hill. Let's Uh be more specific. Okay. All right, so the first one is going to be an athletics check. Um, the next one is going to be, you could even say an athletic, an acrobatics check to climb up,
2: mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm.
1: And then there's going to be a sleight of hand to build this uh, post up at the top or somewhere up the cliff. Okay. Then you have them roll all three skill checks.
0: Okay.
1: All right. So now the first skill check, it's going to depend what the first skill check is, right? Right, right. So if it's really low, it's like, you know what? You're having a lot of trouble throwing your grappling hook up there. Mm -hmm. Like that person's already stuck before they're even trying to get up there. Now, if they roll a 20, they were able to grappling hook.
0: Okay.
1: Now the second roll, right, now is this dexterity to climb up. Well, you know what? You get your grappling hook up there, but you only get halfway up the rope. What does he get on the roll? Yeah. He gets a 20 on the roll. You get all the way up the rope. He gets a one on the roll. You know, you slip on the rope on your way up. Right. So even though they told the whole story based on the rolls now, what actions are going to actually come to fruition within the story? Now, again, you roll a 20 on the the athletics check to throw the grappling hook. You roll a 20 on the acrobatics check to climb up the rope. Now you're up there. Now you've got to roll to – you are now you're making the roll to secure yourself.
0: Right. But so what do you do if – okay, so the person who is doing the grappling hook, they fail their check. The next person already said they were going to climb, but they can't because the rope's not up there. How do you adjudicate that – their roll if they have no rope to climb?
1: They're going to have to change their first action in their narrative, right? Like if somebody okay. <laughs> can't – and again, everybody goes by initiative.
0: Right. So that's where I was like, okay, that's interesting because that's why I usually do it one by one because their actions will change depending on what happened to the Well, the think, and, and think about it
1: – but again, think about yeah. it in a cinematic like the movie where right. the barbarian gets up and does everything the freaking barbarian is going to do. yeah. You know what I mean? Like that's really the way action happens. It doesn't happen like initiative. Right. Initiative is just a tool. A tool.
0: Yeah.
1: You know, <clears throat> to, to run that. In fact, I just watched uh um uh, let me check my history here. I just watched What's the name of those guys? I don't want to promote them. Doom Patrol? d d Logic. <laughs> okay. No. d Logic. Yeah. And these guys, like, dress up and do videos as 5e characters, and then they illustrate how bad rules as written look in reality. Okay. And it's the same thing. This barbarian is having this fight, and everybody's taking their turn. The barbarian's just like, wait a minute. Yeah. Why is everyone taking turns? <laughs> Why don't I just run up and slam everybody with my six attack? And it's saying that when there's a cleric in the room and they roll a 2 on initiative, are you really going to go through everybody's initiative first even though there's a priest praying in the back of the room?
0: Yeah. You know,
1: there that's 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 what the ref is for. So
0: Interesting. Oh, I
1: I lost my train of thought. So again, (laughs) uh, that's where the three rolls come in and yeah, that person's rope didn't work. So now that other player who didn't have a turn now has to redo their, their choices. Yeah. Right.
0: Yeah.
1: They have to rethink what the hell they're going to, Oh, now I'm going to, and they may have to reset all three based on the person in front of them. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. And then have them roll all three dice.
0: All at the same time. First all, all yeah. at the same
1: time. So then you know you know how it's going to lay out, so everyone knows how it's laying out.
0: I mean, that could be really fun. It, yeah, yeah, I'll just, have to give it a try and let you know how that goes.
1: And again, it's like you said, I think the important thing for high-level characters is to sometimes act like a character without using something in the rule set. Mm-hmm. That's what makes you feel like a character, not the rules. Right. It was kind of important. Yeah. I, I love, love. <laughs> and then get off the screen and find a McDonald's.
2: Oh, sorry.
0: <laughs> yeah, but well, yeah, if you're not playing adventure, we should play Moonlander. Yeah. Um, <laughs> All right, folks. Well, it looks like we're about that time where we're gonna hit an intermission here. I wanted to check the chat and see. Okay, we're we've got some people talking about. Yeah, does anybody example. anything we
1: didn't answer in the chat? Because I'd love to be able to answer people live. That's like so cool.
0: I know it is. I'm trying to go through. That's all right. We double check. Um, for those in the Philippines, I'm curious what time it is. I should know, but I can't do the mental math right now. <laughs> gosh,
1: that's a, that's a couple hours. It's oh, like man.
0: 17 hours, I believe. 16, 17 hours off. So if you're still online, let me know what time.
1: Um, All right. So remember, folks, when we come back from break, we have the visit to the doctor's office. We're going to get on our main topic, Druids, which druids. I'm super excited. And again, man, you write a lot for show notes, man. You're like this mega. She's like writes a thesis for show notes. It's <laughs> freaking crazy.
0: Well, like I said, we don't have to touch on everything. I just wanted to be over prepared. <laughs> and I
1: am I am very intrigued. Your weekly world building. You've taken some stuff. Yeah. from our input i see from our facebook folks so if you're listening yeah. and you saw our ad and you commented we're ready to give uh we have some folks here we're going to be talking about i may have been commenting back to you on facebook live but Giddis has been preparing answers for you here on the show so hopefully you're tuned in um i'm very excited
0: me too all right all we'll right. see you in a little bit hey there are we back did i did i do it too soon Uh uh-oh i can't hear anything hold on one second is that just me
2: That's hey. me. That's oh, me. Oh, there me. we
0: go. Okay. That's all
1: me because I didn't get a time. So I, I was busy with the Cthulhu is is running around here. So oh. I got caught up. I didn't even get my drink yet. <laughs> oh, uh,
0: no. I'm so sorry. I might have done that too soon. I don't know. I was yeah, looking yeah, for the you, cue.
1: You also did not give me a time. So then I was messaging you how long. and.
0: Oh, I didn't see it. I'm so sorry. Yes, That's okay. You know, That's okay. podcast level one. so. <laughs> All right. Well, uh we are going to lead in to our topic of the night, our hot topic. I just want to check the chat here real quick. Um uh, okay, we're talking about initiative here in the chat. All right. Uh well so last week, uh or no, sorry, it wasn't last week, but it was in a previous podcast that we were on. The- hey, are
1: you are you following your schedule?
0: I am following I'm just my notes. Why? Are you following your notes? Yes.
1: Just checking, because the doctor's office is next. Just
0: <gasps> no. Just you're checking. right.
1: Just check. I mean, i, missed I got, it. You're right. You're the one that was moving the Google Doc around on me, so I had to make sure it didn't move and I nope. hadn't refreshed or something. Nope, okay, that's
0: all me. Like I said, I'm level one. I'm learning. <laughs> Lots you cut of things me out of to my day.
1: Cut me out of my tea. Now she's cutting me out of my segment. I'm I am so
0: how, I sorry. see how this goes. Yep. I no. See how this goes. I'm new. Sorry, folks. All this. right. All right. <laughs> doctor's office. Let's go to the doctor's office, please, because I love well, the stuff that you come up with.
1: Okay. So we were gonna talk about druids tonight anyway. She was leading into our big uh story for tonight was uh we had priorly talked about druids. And like I said earlier, we successfully had a really cool Facebook post about druids i did mention that to you i don't know if you noticed
2: it took off
1: it no it took off one day Mm
2: -hmm. but
1: then like it just sort of flubbed i kind of feel like um it was almost as if the algorithm died yeah if that makes sense it was like a lot of a lot of a lot of hits and then it kind of died Hmm. Um, but we got a lot of feedback and i was like what can i do in the doctor's office sort of uh, supplement what we're going to talk about with droods and i thought about the shillelagh
0: oh okay It'd be
1: something from reality in the world of magic uh you know real magic uh, or or from reality um and i thought i'd ask you what do you know about shillelaghs oh man from reality
0: okay i man, this is one of those things I'm going to be really embarrassed to admit because I know it's an item in D&D. It's like a weapon you can use in D&D. But I feel Um, like, and maybe this is just me, it's one of those items that you just bypass because you read the description and it sounds very boring. It sounds like you can't do anything with it. That's I know that I have bypassed it going, the name's great. I don't know what this thing does. I'm not going to do it.
1: (laughs) Okay. Interesting. Now, I know I know reading from a lot of people mentioned using the shillelagh as one of their druidic weapons. I think it's one of those additional bonus kind of things, or it's a, yeah. a magical weapon. I'm not that familiar with it uh, in the rules as written, uh, but from the magical world, it sort of has a few interesting backgrounds and features um, as opposed to magic. Okay. So that's what I thought was kind of interesting. Um, Again, Another thing that they've sort of grabbed into the d and world as part of a druid, uh, but let's talk about it actually comes from the Gaelic or Irish um, region. Uh, the term originally dates back to Romans occupying the area and referring to the Celts in the area using weapons uh, it was like a root word, you know, cause you know, everything rat and Latin right. root root ending, whatever. Um, and I believe at the time when the Romans encountered uh, the tribes in that area, the UK, they were using long sticks with thorns and things. Okay. And I found it very interesting uh, because yeah, they didn't have like real weapons. They didn't, you know, manufacture weapons. But the stick was sort of like the weapon of choice there, and then of course they had all these weird sticks with uh, extra parts on them, or thorns, or so that's where it became not just calling it a stick in the Latin root word; it became more than just a stick. And then shillelagh grew into that that word grew being and started being used by that culture. Mm-hmm. Um, because
0: I feel like if you use the word stick, it just doesn't sound very intimidating. <laughs> I'm no, going to hit no, you with my stick. <laughs>
1: it doesn't. It doesn't. And then it, what's interesting, later on, you go in, I guess it would be, um, I always get my centuries and, and time periods mix up. So be 18th century. Um, you know, you have like the gentleman duel, 6th, 17th, 18th century. You know, the gentlemen used to duel with the guns. Yeah, uh, you know, over like women or anything. it of the like serious stuff. Right. And I guess in Ireland, um, there was this push at some point and they used to have sword fights and sword fight duels too. Right. Uh, mm-hmm. Predating that 1600s. So some, at some period in the 16, 1700s, they switched over to, instead of using swords and weapons, to using shillelaghs. Okay. And they became gentlemen's weapons of choice to fight things out over a discrepancy. So you would come and fight it out with your shilales, uh, which I thought is really cool. Um, and then from there, grew into different sizes. And then starting to read about it, the actual people that grow and make them and wooden staffs that are made and grown and how they try to wrap them around wires so they can get a spiral growth pattern.
0: Thank and- you. That's what I was about to ask was how do these people make them, right? Yes, yes. Okay. The
1: people people actually grow plants uh so that they get specific shapes and sizes and knots where they want them and and it takes years to grow things. It's it the whole thing just blossomed into this big thing outside of rules is written, you know, so kind of cool. really neat, neat really thing. And again uh, when we talk about druids you can see the connection to nature right uh, growing plants and taking care of plants and and like specifically growing them so they're like the right shape and size for a weapon
0: yeah <laughs> but, i mean uh, just knowing yeah. that boy i kind of wish that was in the phb now i if it was i missed it but yeah the the description was so bland i'm like why would i want to do that but if i had a description like that I could definitely lean into that with role playing and really come up with something that is a shillelagh that is meant for my character that was grown, you know, to look like such a way and describe it like that. That sounds fascinating. I mean, and the years to make one, right, like they they couldn't have been cheap, I would think, in that time. Here we go.
1: Here we go. A wooden club or quarterstaff you're holding is imbued with nature's power. For the duration, you can use spellcasting ability instead of strength for an attack and damage rolls for melee attacks using that weapon. The weapon's damage die becomes a D8. Mm -hmm. The weapon also becomes magical if it isn't already. The spell ends if you cast it again or if you let go of the weapon. So, again, it's a good druid. I don't have a magical weapon. I'm going to use my shillelagh. Uh, but yeah, but so yeah the that's...
0: description, other than the mechanics, there's no real good description for what a shillelagh is.
1: Right. Yeah. So again, Druid sort of have this openness to like, how can I incorporate the plant or the wooden club or quarterstaff instead of just making it a wooden club or quarterstaff? You yeah. can really give it some character.
0: Yeah. I mean, you could even talk about the different types of wood that you would yep. use. Yep. I mean, there's so much you could do with that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What I feel like that's a wasted opportunity from <laughs> from Wizards of I'm gonna shit on Wizards of the Coast. <laughs> well no, now I'm thinking
1: now, now I'm thinking we have the um supplement uh I always say his name wrong, the Loginners Cookbook. Uh-huh.
0: uh where
1: it's a druid who puts Oh, that's right. Um who puts the potions together. Maybe he has a special plant book for growing shillelys. Yeah. It's yes, something we can get working on. I like that idea.
0: That is Kinda really
1: cool. Yeah. All right. So that's our lead in to that the big story, which you were kind of in. cut me out of my doctor's I'm office. I'm so sorry. I'm she bad. wanted to get rid of, you want to get rid of all of us. Don't no, you? That's I the don't. real truth. You're getting well, rid of me and Grom.
0: That's my master plan <laughs> is I just do it, but with a sweet <laughs> face and a smile. So no one suspects me. And we're
1: all gone. We're all disappeared. I will run
0: everything. <laughs> But We're uh good. uh yeah okay so thank you truids, for that truids. yes um, so we So I'll about start it.
1: let me let me start cuz you have the old grand the old Gronyard uh start here the Druids appeared as the original Greyhawk supplement in 74
0: Right
1: um I don't know I I don't know what your source is on that I thought I'm thinking there was an article in dragon magazine about it
0: well i will I don't, openly don't admit s- this is all from wikipedia
1: <laughs> yeah i think there was a, there was a dragon magazine um and dragon magazine really was the forerunner to a lot of the stuff that they don't get any credit for a lot of the writers again this we're talking about at that time period when people like sort of went off and then stuff came back and then was put into books yeah. So again, originally in the supplement in 74, it might've been in a dragon magazine before then. Right. Um, Eldritch usually supplement in 76. And then in the first E player's handbook. Yeah, I love the fact that at higher levels in your campaign, that only certain amount of characters could be a druid at a certain level. So there could only be one druid in your campaign at let's say 10th level If there were two druids and one reached that level, they would have a fight. Yeah. Usually it was fight to the death because, again, 1E was about getting killed. So is this Um, more
0: like a Highlander, like there can only be one kind of a thing? Okay. Yes.
1: And and monks were the same way. Um, Now, we also played it where you could yield and go down a level. Mm -hmm. Right. So we also played that way, I know, with our group. Uh, I think it was monks and druids and assassins in one E all held individual positions at certain levels. And again, I think that was part of the game to enhance the campaign as you know, who is the greatest assassin at the table, who was the greatest monk at the table. Mm-hmm. And they used to have to have those campaign sessions or those scenario sessions where it was player versus player run by the referee which was another part of the game that I don't ever think got a real start.
0: What do you mean? And player versus was, player?
1: Yeah, yeah. That never really I don't think that ever really got taken off because someone always runs away very butthurt and yeah. very cry because <laughs> their character got killed by someone else, someone outsmarted them, or they just got beat by initiative. Yeah. Um so that was early drood. Um and then you go into I mean the 2E druids is pretty much the same. It was always an extension of clerics. Um they always, you know, had their spells the same rate as clerics. Mm-hmm. And then they had a, a druid handbook when they, you know, were running out of people wouldn't buy books because people were too busy playing and didn't need to buy anything and were designing their own druids and having fun, they came out with their druids handbook.
0: <laughs> yeah. Which, <laughs> um, you know, if I had been buying books back then when it was 2E, I would have totally bought that. <laughs>
1: Well, no, and again, that's that's when again we talk about when I do the magical Q and A, that there was their attempt to really start going outside and like let the how far outside can we put real stuff into the game? Yeah, um, they really tried to do that at the end of two E. They weren't sure where the game was going, so they sort of left a lot of nice loose ends there. That's why those books are pretty still highly valued because they're not rule set based; they're more uh, written. Uh, fictional yeah okay yeah more fictionally written especially the monster ones yeah which came with maps and you know could still be used in a 5e like like that yeah. bang right in there yeah I don't know much about three moving into Druids through the next ages. Do you want to comment about that? or?
0: I mean, I didn't play when it was 3E. I started at 3.5, but some of the notes that I pulled um, was that, you know, they kind of started um, – uh, uh, what's the word I'm talking about? Uh, they moved the alignment away from being having to be neutral, which I think was a big – thing in the older editions um for being a druid was, you know, nature right, is right. a neutral thing. Um, but they kind of started moving away from that and allowing you to kind of look at, you know, other alignments. Um and I guess
1: what I missed, and I guess what I missed too important in 2e was the kits that came out, the accessories, because that's where you had the first shape shifting druids. Um we talk about we get into you know the movie and into people the being like shape shifting
0: a stuff, yeah. shape-shifting
1: part of a druid, um, that'd be the first time that kind of came out. Before that, it was always if a druid did that, is someone thought of it and they had a you know a spell to change themselves or polymorph or something like that. I don't know if that crossed into druid at that time. Yeah, and only humans and half elves could be druids.
0: Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. So That's
1: a big change. Um, um, that probably opened more.
0: Oh, when we moved to three e, yeah, it definitely opened up more. more. Um, Let's see, yeah, druids also gained the ability to have elementals
1: in three point (laughs) five.
0: They could change into elementals in three e. I think they uh, opened up. You can have a a special animal companion. Um, Let's see what else. Yeah. So, oh, and they weren't. They were limited though to only a single animal shape in three e uh which so they're 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 getting into the wild shaping thing right over there uh and then with 3.5 uh not much changed other than what do we have here um nothing yeah you mentioned the changing into elementals nothing animal companions are more defined and then 4e i don't have much information on 4e other than what i you know grabbed uh online because i never played it did you
1: well, I think the big the big thing out of 4E. I haven't played it, but the big thing here is that all druids have wild shape. Yeah. So that's that's <laughs> when that, that you know, that's when that crosses into the the mainstream of play when we talk about um it being featured and people misconstruing druids as Always being animal changing.
0: Yeah, this was yeah. wild to me going through the four E information for Druid and like learning about this, you know, primal source and guardians mm-hmm. versus predators. I it was wild to me. I almost kind of want to try it just so I know I learn more about it. So, <laughs> any four E people out there, I would love to play. <laughs> um, well, I,
1: look, I get the impression again, workers like talking about what they did at the end of two five with those books. Mm-hmm. sort of 4E reached that point where they didn't know where to go and they did a lot of like individual, it looks like homebrewing almost. Yeah. You could implement this stuff if you wanted to.
0: Yeah, it kind of uh, reads like like subclasses or like sub subclasses. You know? Right, right. <laughs> um,
1: they didn't know what they were doing. They were having fun.
0: Right, right. And, and
1: I think it was like we were talking about, you know, druids when we talk about druids in the real world versus fantasy settings and how you know, are they animal worshippers? Are they plant carers? Are they, what are they really?
0: Right, right. And then 5e, which is, you know, probably what everybody's most familiar with, um, is, you know, has opened it up a lot. There's tons of subclasses. And, you know, this is what we're going to be getting into, which is that it feels like wild shape is the unique um, staple for being a druid. You 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 choose to be a druid because of the wild shape. You don't get that with any other class, I, right? I,
1: I do want, I, yeah, but I do want to say there were a lot of folks out there on Facebook that specifically said, no, I'm not here for wild shape. Right. Um, even though there were a lot that said yes. And, and I noticed that a lot of people had specific ideas. I don't want to crisscross with your ideas yet from, from later on in the show
0: right Um, well yes and so that is um yes when i say that wild shape is unique to druids and that's why people pick it i don't necessarily mean the the shape changing so much as the mechanics of wild shape and how if you choose the other subclasses you can you, those uses of wild shape can be used for other things, um, as opposed to changing into an animal, right? But yeah. that's that's the ultimate reason I think in 5e why you pick druid is because you have this either ability to change into an animal or the ability to do other or things, spores,
1: or stars, right. or whatever, whatever flames. genre, yeah, flames, whatever genre you've picked, whatever subclass, um, yeah,
0: yeah. Um, let's see. So, yeah, the I other, guess the other, of... thing, the
1: other thing I just just why before you go into what people said, right. you know, again, magical Q&A, uh, just talking about Druids originally. Again, Romans seeing these, you know, nature loving uh, people in the same area we're talking about the Shileles from. Um, and again, it was a Latin root word uh, that described the people in that area. Then those people took on that name. Um, And they're also associated with a lot of monoliths and the ley lines in the UK. So that's where a lot of that mystical crossover with nature comes in as well. Mm -hmm. Um, There's even sort of a crisscross with Druid, Druidism and Satan worshiping in reality.
0: Paganism is what I usually see it uh, aligned with. Yeah.
1: Um, and, of course, it gets used by mass media if we're not talking about Dungeons & Dragons. They say druid instead of saying pagan. Right. They may say druid a lot. You know, the hooded figures. But there were also druids that were high priests in the Middle Ages that, you know, uh, someone mentioned to me that were advisors to kings.
0: Yeah, that's actually what I found in some of my research was that druids initially were just people who were highly intelligent. It right. n- didn't really cross into nature or anything like that, and somehow over time it crossed in into the druids that we know now, which is all you know, nature and. Well, then I also think
1: about also think about the um, I don't the scribes, the that would sit and write uh, for the church in their little cells, and you know, I think even they were considered druids. You know, the Gregorian chanters. Yeah. Uh, kind of crosses into the druid area too, and that goes back into what we were talking about using uh, esophageal frequencies. You aren't here for that show, a magical Q and A, right? Uh, those brothers were using tones to try to control people and stuff. So wow, it's very intense. Yeah, that yeah, is in- so.
0: Bringing up shillelaghs and songs, I just—it's I, been in the chat for a while, but I want to bring it up. Someone said that my my shillelagh sounds like a weird owl song. <laughs> <laughs>
2: <And>
1: I, I, <laughs> I like it i like it yeah that's a great idea
0: that's my esophageal frequency right there um all right so yeah i wanted oh my to-
1: god i may have to work on that uh who is that we'll give them credit but i, I may have to record that that's, what? that's oh brilliant. the song <laughs> i shall oh uh, I my god that was, that's
0: i think that was upright man um, oh that's so good upright yeah. man's the best oh my god. so that's yeah great. i wanted to touch on before we get into the weekly world bidding i i we're You know, I can speak weekly world building. Um, So it was a couple uh, episodes back. Somehow the topic of Druid came up, and you had thoughts on it that we kind of like squashed because we were like, let's save this for a podcast. And I kind of want to, do you remember? Wait, wait, what, what are you
1: asking me? You're asking someone with Polly and to remember something. Okay. What am okay. I, I wasn't
0: sure if you remembered. So we were having a conversation. Druids came up and you had thoughts and your thoughts to what I remember before we squashed it was that you feel like Druids are just, only used for the shapeshifter ability right, or the, the right. wild shape that's, ability. That's how this whole thing came about, and that's Correct. how this whole whole thing came about. So, do you still feel that way? I know we've all kind of reached out to the internet. We've had conversations. Um, do you want to you know, expound it's, it's, upon it's, it's, how you it's feel very, about
1: that? It's very hard. I want people to smash that follow button. They may not like my opinion. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think it has to do with the campaign. Okay, that I think that's my big answer here. Um, I think if I was running a campaign uh, and someone wanted to play a druid, I really have to talk to them about you know what what is the purpose of their druidness in the campaign. I think that's the thing that bothers me about druids—they just kind of running around rogue as an animal, not doing it like a church. Like a, a sorry, a cleric is like responsible to a church.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um. A druid just doesn't seem to have that kind of responsibility to um, a place. Or, and to like I feel an like organization. I, yeah, I feel like I would ground them to like a monolith or something, or they have to like touch the earth. or I, I feel like I have to really ground that as something much, 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 much more into the class to make it feel better. The other thing I said people are going to get mad about is I really felt like a lot of the people that got into the shape-shifting were just multi-classers. Now, right. I'm not saying that in a bad way. I'm saying that in an interesting way because people are really making very interesting characters. Right. Um, Someone has an underwater druid, which I just thought was a mega cool idea. Right. I've always wanted to play some kind of sea elf character, and I never figured out how I could freaking do it or how it would work or and I was like, wow, that's a really, really neat idea. And they talked about, yeah, I change into animals and and what what was so great about that description was that was not the focus of their character. thing about changing into fish. Yeah, their thing was about their devotion to the ocean and that part of nature. And that's where I really got this sense of not a medieval druid, you know, writing in a cell, you know, or advising kings and being learned, right? But being dedicated to this one type of nature, or being like a shaman to the ocean, or that part of it really, really came out um, for some of the people that were not shapeshifter pickers, yeah. Those people were really background builders. Yes. So hats off to those people that were not uh, gang-ho on the shape-shifting. <laughs> uh, they were really into like what biome or what background their their druid had. and I thought yeah. that was kind of cool. Um, yeah.
0: Okay. That's so. That helps me understand because, like I said, when when we briefly talked about it in the last whatever podcast that was, it was a. It sounded like you were just very anti anti shapeshifting druid, and I wanted to understand where that came from, and that really helps me because you need that that like you said, it needs to be grounded in the world that you've built or, you know, and not just some druid who's wandering the land, you know, shape-shifting right, in animals right. for no reason. <laughs> right, and that's what I say, like
1: and I'm, I'm supposed to, like I said, I'm going into this Icewind Dale campaign mm-hmm. and I was like, oh, you know, I think I'll play a druid, a druid. And I'm like, mm. and now it's going to be cold weather. Now what am I going to do? Am I going to be a cold weather druid? Then I feel like I'm kind of playing into the campaign a little bit too much like yeah and i'm gonna be a snow owl and now i'm gonna be a yeah we're i
2: think a twist on it yeah
1: fire seems obviously like too far to the wrong way and more of just like counter oh well i'm just gonna be able to be hot for everybody so no one has to worry about survival throws when it gets too cold like i don't want to play it that way either yeah um I've really been tending towards circle of the moon, mm-hmm. which is one of the most powerful um, shapeshifters. Yeah, but not focusing on that ability at all.
0: This that would is, is be interesting. Of,
1: is one of my thoughts, and 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 um, I, I'm going to say my other my other thought for later go back to you I've been chatting 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 I saved my other one I'm going to get my pens and write it down yeah
0: (laughs) okay (laughs) well anyway so that that would lead us then into the weekly world building segment so um, as we mentioned you know wild shape is obviously a unique component to being a druid in 5e especially if you are a circle of the moon doesn't have to be but circle of the moon is definitely picked a lot for the wild shape ability Um, and Doc and I both went out to the interwebs, Facebook, Discord, you name it, um, just to kind of get everyone's take on their creative druid builds, especially if you're not leaning into the wild shaping, into animals. Um, for example, uh, my son in my game, he plays a druid, but he has, he rarely uses his wild shape except, um. For utility purposes, like they need to travel somewhere, right? But even then, he really doesn't lean into the wild shape so much as he leans into his spells. And he has crafted his druid to be more of a summoner. And yeah, he can summon like, you know, five eagles or whatever to fly everybody around. But he can also summon like, you know, five dinosaurs or what have you in the middle of battle. And he also... There's this spell I have never seen it on any live play. I've never seen it in any other game I've been in. But there's a spell called Summon Draconic Spirit, and it requires some kind of a artifact or art item that has a dragon on it. And then from there, he can use it to cast a spell that summons a draconic. It, it summons like a small dragon. I'm uh, not small. okay. Maybe it's maybe it's large, but it's not like an ancient dragon stat or anything like that. And I found it to be really interesting that he did the research to find this spell, to buy the component that he needed to cast this spell in my world where there is no dragons. And to be able to be a person that can summon a dragon, a dragon spirit, I just thought it was really interesting. And so I thought, you know, if my son who's 14 can figure something out, like, like people out there in the interwebs, they're, they're really smart, they can figure out really creative builds. So we asked people, and so I wanted to mention a few of the notable ones that I saw. If you want to mention any notable ones that you saw, um, overall, most people said that they use their wild shape for role play and not for the game mechanics or the combat. Um, there were a few, obviously, that will use. There it were for a few, that said, yeah, that hit. You know, that hit, point,
1: that hit point, the hit point crossover, yeah,
0: right. But yeah. Um, a lot of people. Seem to say, oh, I use it more for role playing purposes or shenanigans like I need to sneak into this place or that place. No big deal. I did also get a lot of the multi classing that you heard, which you know, people like to take a level or two in druid for one purpose or another, or they're in druid and they they multi class out of druid into something else, um, probably just to grab some key abilities, what have you. But here's a couple that I saw that were really interesting. Okay, uh, the these were from Facebook. Kayla, I'm I'm really sorry if I mispronounce anybody's name. Kayla Ostrowski. You know, oh,
1: I I wonder I wonder if we're allowed to say people's whole names.
0: Oh, you're right. Maybe I shouldn't. I'll I, you just know, say we, Kayla. We don't
1: have their, just say scratch yeah, just that say out. Their,
0: <laughs> I, I mispronounced don't know if we're allowed it. allowed <laughs> to say
2: whole names. Okay.
0: Uh, I, I, uh, Kayla. Okay. She mentioned um, that she had a druid and spelljammer, and she didn't say what type of druid she had. But what I really liked about this, this leans into the role playing aspect of it, is that um, her shape shifting ability, she would uh, say that instead that it was like her body was decaying um, or that she was decaying. Um, all of her summons that she instead of summoning animals, she summoned what looked like sloughed off pieces of herself that she could control and mutate. I just oh,
1: that's pretty interesting.
0: That's I mean, interesting. sorry, trigger warning if you're into not into body horror, but like it was
1: <laughs> your trigger warning was way too late. A little late. <laughs> yeah.
0: Podcaster level one. Um, but I just <laughs> thought this was fascinating that you reflavor it in such a way. Um, so all the mechanics are the same. You're just describing it differently. I love it.
1: That just that just reminds me of like, I don't know. It's like Space Plague. Yeah. Space Plague. I just think it reminds me of a Doctor Who episode. But anyway, all right. That's really, really interesting. Right.
0: Okay. Um, did you want to go over one that you had or do you want me to- No, the, can... the next
1: one. The next one I actually remember, um, they have this, uh, the Myconoid- Almost a half myconoid uh, druid barbarian. I remember reading this one. Right. Uh, using fungal form instead of wild shape. Um, so I think that's kind of cool. And 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 once again, crossing into the zombie esque right type.
0: And I character. do. You know, if you're watching Last of Us, you know, with the um, aren't those also called myconoids, or what are those called? The um, if you're watching Last of Us, the spores that go into your brain and can control the body. You know, you can really kind of maybe homebrew or dive deep into okay. that. You
1: do you do, you do, do know that in reality, micro can get in, can yeah. cross all walls. Okay,
0: okay. Yeah. That's why I'm like, this is, it's fascinating to me because of the horror aspect. Um, I love it.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, that's, and that's my problem is my body can't get them out of me.
0: Yeah. Oh, that's, so that's a that real is- horror for you.
1: Yeah, it's a real it's a real body horror for me. So thank you. Thanks. I'm sorry. Just keep saying that. Just keep talking about it. Okay. <laughs> sports. Let's keep talking about sports. Let's go on to the next one. How do you say this in Russian? I mean, you oh, put it gosh. up there. Oh gosh.
0: That you I don't know. I'm going to say a uh, happen. I'm sorry, but I you think it's eat. it's in runes, right? right? So we can't read That's it very perfect. well. That's perfect. perfect. Um so this this person said they like to break patterns. And they have a druid that is basically they described it as a tough, strong old chap with a shaggy beard and crazy eyes, but not a tree fucker is what they say. (laughs) Um, uh, uh, So it's a wild forest hermit who uh, peered under the glamorous mask of nature and saw their mind shattering horrors. Old ones demand sacrifices. Now, I found that really interesting because in my research on druids i remember seeing somewhere that like human sacrifices were actually a thing or was it rumored yes. to be a thing
1: well well no i guess i guess there's some evidence at ancient stonehenge in fossil records that there was some kind of sacrifice there or there was dead bodies there or something mm-hmm. so that, that sort of crisscrosses into there was there human sacrifices crisscross okay
0: so if this was in your world and somebody said, "I want to play a druid who needs to do human sacrifices. Would that be grounded enough to be in your world?"
1: I yeah yeah good for me yeah all right. yeah so that that plays for me very well yes all right I mean that whole monolith going out in the dark to the dark circle and mm-hmm. yeah absolutely
2: all yeah, right that plays.
1: I mean and that plays with the you know the druid only one druid can be a certain level too only I can be at this power.
0: I will take down my brothers. <laughs> I love it. But... All right. So, John, so this goes back to the summoning. Oh, this one's great. Can I say this one? You say, say this, this one, this? please. <laughs> this <is> great.
1: <laughs> <laughs> this guy, this guy he, he's a shepherd uh, druid. He likes doing the old herd of cows uh, above the BBEG. Um, and this was the thing I was going to mention. I don't know if John said this. Uh, he pranks the dodge the cow game to bad guys, which I think is kind of funny. But the the what the, do I want to say? The world-changing powers that druids have during a game,
2: mm-hmm.
1: like causing a flood or disrupting the earth, or there's so many that uh, it, it's battle map destruction. Right. Is what I love. It's like the map isn't the same. The DM's got to like say, okay, I got to put a note on the map because this is now difficult terrain or Mm -hmm. I I love that. Or they can cause a flood and the the DM's got to figure out how like water washes through here. Yeah. So the same thing with the cows, all these cows coming. It's just.
0: Yeah. They just summon. What is it? Like a party of cows to just fall. A herd of cows to fall
1: from the sky at the BBEG and he's got to dodge cows. (laughs) (laughs) Um, just,
0: <laughs> or take—I you know. mean, what's cow? Da- how do you calculate falling cow damage?
1: <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. And then, and then you got that whole cow poop
0: mm-hmm. versus oh. cow.
1: I, you can keep them yes. floating. And they could just be pooping. I so many, so many
0: things you could do with it. I so love
1: many it. things you could do with cows in the air. Um, it, you know, it, it's endless, and it just feels like a Pink Floyd. You could have pigs. You could have cows, dogs. Mm-hmm. It, it, the, the, it goes on and on. How many animals you could float?
0: right so thank you john
2: yes thank, thank you, john. you john that
0: was my we should have saved that one for last that was no, one of my favorites no. um okay so brody mentioned that and this is what i liked about this what he said uh, so he built his druid to be a when wendingo wendigo i don't know how to pronounce that wendingo wendingo and i had to google it because i've heard the word but I didn't know what it looked like. And it's one of those very creepy, like almost like a tree person with like a skull mask kind of thing. Um, But what he said, so that's what his character normally looks like. And instead of wild shaping into an animal, he uses his wild shapes to turn into a person so that he can socialize in a city or so which I thought was a really interesting. That is great. Use. I do
2: like that, right?
0: Yeah. you know, kind yeah, of a backwards like aspect, um, and really having to play a a non normal character for the majority of your time, which I thought was really interesting.
1: Mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm.
1: Um, now, Aaliyah, uh, very planty druid, which is yep. you know the way I kind of think about it. Using the the thing I. Um, like, is they use their real plant knowledge mm-hmm. as the druid to do stuff to make sure, like, there's sticky traps or stun an enemy, um, different pollen things. And this is what I was talking to you about that skill check thing. This is the kind of player where you could say to her, Okay, what are you going to do here? and you get like a whole series of skill checks, yeah, um, because they come up with this really creative thing that they want to do. So you make them roll all these different skill checks to put it together, and mm-hmm. they come up with something in reality, but. Um, I do like that very planty, oh, yeah, poisoner and a saboteur. Yeah. Uh, People seem to think that that's very, very important. Uh, Actually, I think the other thing I noticed out there, I wanted to mention folks that have shared art on Facebook. I have put all the art and figures that were painted and things like that all on our Discord so, if you're a Facebook follower and you want to kind of crisscross with everything going on, check out our Discord. Um, we have some cool art got shown up. And the one picture I, I was a, is it, I guess, Star Druid, Constellation Druid? I'm, I'm saying the wrong thing. Mm,
0: uh,
1: um, Constellation, right? Um, I
0: think so. Yeah. Circle of the Stars? Uh, yeah. I
1: don't Circle know. of the Stars. Yeah. So, when I read the rules as written, right there's these abilities like you can be archer, and they reminded me of the zodiac signs, yes, okay, so I thought, okay, you get this shape as the zodiac sign, so you come out and you're the archer or you're the but when that person did the art, it was more just their body was filled with stars, hmm more like Captain Universe in Marvel comics um and I see. It could be two different things because you could have that constellation shape as more of like a two dimensional figure that your druid takes, which I think is kind of interesting. Two dimensional?
0: Is that what you said?
1: Yeah. Imagine if, you're, imagine if your shape was actually just these points of light and yeah. no human form.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, and it is an archer, or it is. And then I thought that's where the creativeness can come in too, because you could make it into other things than just the Zodiac signs.
2: Right. You yeah. You know,
1: um, dragon or uh, or whatever. And they would be just points, make it a little more abstract. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was when I saw that picture's picture of their Captain Universe type druid, it made me think of what if you went way the other way and abstracted your druid to actually be just a starry form.
0: Yeah, even,
1: even at night, he could be standing on top of a hill and people would mistake him for stars.
0: <laughs> oh my right? gosh, I love that. <laughs> like a back
1: signal or something. Uh, oh,
0: I love that. See, so this perfectly leads into the actual world building exercise, which is I thought we could, now that we've gotten a few ideas, from people on the internet, we could take a couple minutes and see if we can come up with some other creative builds. Uh, and I want to tack on to what you just said with the circle of Go the ahead. stars and being, um, you know, made of stars or, or what have you. But having the backstory tied into like a nautical navigation aspect, because you need the stars to navigate at night. Or it didn't even have to be nautical, really, right? You could do it on land too. But, no, that
1: makes I like it. I like it nautical too. That
0: way you can build that character out and have have more of a backstory and a purpose, you know, like you said, grounding for the character. Um
1: and that also could give that character that knowledge base we were talking about. Maybe that per- that player is the keeper of the maps mm-hmm. of the world and stuff. Yeah, and cartography. Those were- yeah, it could be that 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 end of the player spectrum. Um, when we talk about 1E, there was a mapper and a caller. Mm-hmm. Um, and I felt roles worked very well in the game. And I found even in my Ravenloft campaign, we had a note taker. And everyone always referred back to the note taker. Mm-hmm. You could have a cartographer, someone who's in charge of all your maps. And that could be the druid as part of that player character's
0: that, role. That sounds like so much fun. <laughs>
1: You know? i don't no, know seriously. maybe that's
0: just me but collecting maps and trying to like draw yeah, out yeah, yeah, yeah. this the, yes oh i love that as an actual this great this job. is a great
1: show i think it's so many cool things when i'm doing this show it's so cool all right huh.
0: so uh, any other ideas uh that i i loved
1: i off I, I love the aquatic druid um that came up in the facebook uh post mm-hmm. um
0: so when you say aquatic, I just want to understand, is that like uh one of the races like um I can't remember the races that are like they live in the ocean? Or is it just okay. that they, they did, are-
1: I don't I don't remember that they specified what race. That's why I'm bringing it back up as right. in the world building section. I don't remember yeah. what race they specified. They just specified that their druid's focus was the ocean.
0: Yes, okay.
1: And that the ocean, you know, and that they they became ocean creatures. Hey, they could just become ocean creatures just to go hang out in the ocean. Yeah. Not as part of the game, maybe part of that third party. I mean that out, you know, that third tier of outside play. Like I, I, I'm little mermaid. I'm right. going to go back and swim in my school of fish. That's
0: what, Okay. <laughs> Adam Adam came up with it in the chat. Merfolk. Hey, I was Adam, to Cena, think of what's it. up, buddy? <laughs> Adam, what's up? I couldn't think of the name. Merfolk. I think there's also, are they called, uh, it starts with a T, like n- not Titan, maybe not Titan. It's something else. But I thought it was. Tritons. Starts with it. Tritons. Thank tritons, you. Tritons. Yes, that are also like you, fish folk.
2: And
1: then you had the evil um, Moreau. Mm-hmm. Which are merfolk that have been turned evil by Demigorgon, and everyone's seeming to love the evil characters. So, yeah, why not? Why not mutate one of them? But they—they don't—they only have a fin, so I don't know about walking on land. But again, maybe they use their wild shape to become something that can get on land. Yeah, you know, and be secretly this demon Moreau, uh that lives in the ocean. Kuto like is another you. one. Yep. Yeah.
0: Okay, Okay. so talking about playing evil and as a druid, I've been wanting to do this. I dipped my toes in it a little bit with my homebrew campaign, but I would love to run an entire campaign where the focus is evil druids. Not for the players, but that's the BBEG. Somehow the story is this world is being destroyed or what have you because of evil druids. And considering all the choices you have now with druids, like you could do a lot with that for a bbeg oh, yeah. like that i think that's going to be a lot of fun um another thing i've always wanted to do if we're going to touch on evil stuff is you know we talked about druids and whenever i talk about druids i my brain kind of defaults to the like the celtic you know right, type of right. druid right but i like to try to think outside of that and go what about like a voodoo priestess as a druid right like something that's a little bit more necro kind of i don't know again maybe it's just my love for well evil, again again things. when
1: we talk when you talk about a voodoo priestess remember we talk about voodoo dolls are actually carved from wood
0: but again I, at, at
1: that point to me is that a warlock like i feel like that's where 5e has all built so many classes right that it's really creatively which way you want to play it based on the powers
0: see and that's Um, the thing is i feel like it would be for me if i were to play it i would lean more into the quote-unquote nature aspect of it right like um uh, tossing bones you know or reading the bones reading tea leaves um you know having shrunken heads um even if they're animal heads who knows you know like that kind of aspect of
1: it but a lot of that too uh sounds like necromancer yeah, uh, which which is I believe is is a new class in Enron. Oh, kind of going into that whole, you know, I, you are talking about kind of a different thing, but I see how it fits into that right blood sacrifice we were talking about with the druids, right? Um, you know, another thing, I, I'm sorry, crisscross back to where we were. Someone was talking about druid in Ravenloft and in Barovia. Um, And I don't know if you're familiar with that setting at all. Um, But in that setting, there's the Wizard of Wines. And of course, uh, Strahd has actually cursed the land. So someone was talking about playing a Druid in Barovia because you're trying to bring the land back.
0: Yeah, I can see Um, that.
1: So it's a really, really cool kind of... uh, just a, a, a great role to play if if you're a Ravenloft fan out there to play that whole druid and then they're evil druids. So you have that – you can be the good druid in Barovia and there's this whole arch enemy to kind of face. Um, so if you're out there thinking about, hey, what do I want to play in Ravenloft and I want to try something with Different. a new twist yeah. – um, A a druid is one that I I know a lot of people mentioned that too in the, in the Facebook chats uh, as we were were trolling. Uh,
0: Yeah, no, uh, my, I'm like my jaws dropping because people are coming up in the chat with like really great ideas. Now, do you remember, and I'm going to not remember exactly which movie it is either the original clash of the Titans or it's the original, the other movie that came out just like that around the same time with the golden fleece can't think of it. Oh,
1: well, no, you're talking two different... You're talking right. two very different movies. But there was Golden one... And Harryhausen.
0: There was one right? of those movies where they had bones, I thought, that they tossed into the ground and out of the ground grew skeletons.
1: No, actually, that was a Harryhausen. Was it? He takes... They take uh, teeth. I think it's hydra teeth. They take hydra teeth. I think it's hydra teeth and they throw in the ground and they pop up as skeletons. That's an old Harryhausen.
0: Okay. So someone mentioned in the chat. knuckle dice that grow into skeletal creature shapes. And that's the first thing that my brain came up with. I'm now going to play this voodoo priestess druid who can summon skeletons or something. I don't know. I'm going to have to build this out. <laughs> I'm very excited about this. Um, well, and that's
1: And it's funny you say that because in, in my Raven Love campaign, I have the one is playing a sorcerer that has all these undead things and has been... Uh, animating skeletons everywhere they go. Yeah. So she has this army so it's all of the same thing, only playing it under the guise of a different class. Uh, you know, you can kind of come at it at a different angle.
0: Right. right. Uh,
1: looking at it either way. So other creative druids. Again, um, a specific biome type of druid. I love the idea of playing some kind of carnivorous forest Native American, like sort of outside of the town, like doesn't speak languages that everyone else knows. Yeah, very tribal comes in and comes Mm -hmm. out of the rain um, and then joins.
0: Okay. Um,
1: I think that works kind of really well.
0: I love um, playing a tribal character for sure.
1: Yeah. Um, And then, of course, there's the um, St. Francis.
0: Okay. Now how does –
1: the St. Francis is the holy person that just animals love them, like 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 Cinderella.
2: Or, okay. You know.
0: I was just about to say Disney princess, <laughs> Disney you know, princess. using your right. summons, but instead you're summoning like little birds and little mice mm-hmm. instead of raptors and, and right, eagles. Right, right,
1: right. Now, <laughs> now, now, i am going to say, while we're talking about this, that's another one that I'm pitching. Um, in Enron, we are releasing uh, different uh, races mm-hmm. that are slightly mutated. And we haven't released our gnomes yet. There's Wild Magic Gnome, uh, which actually builds up wild magic energy and then they pop anytime during the game, which is kind of fun. Oh, yeah. Uh, But I was also pitching the idea of a um, country gnome or a forest gnome or field gnome. Mm -hmm. At each level, it would gain a creature, a forest creature. So like at first level, you would have a mouse friend. And then at second level, you could have two mouse friends. Okay. The third level, you get three mouse friends, or you could have two mouse friends and one raven. So then by the time you were 20th level, you would have 20 little critters. Now, if you just wanted to be a sewer gnome, you could have 20 rats, you know, as your army or... You can pick different ones along the way. You get have a fox. And <laughs>
0: That's a... like the total opposite of a Disney princess, and I love it.
1: <laughs> I thought that'd be kind of a cool little
0: – It's a, cool sewer, little... a sewer king.
1: <laughs> yeah, sewer king. Just like uh, – like uh, what's that? Uh, for Christmas. Uh, oh, God, I can't think of it.
0: Nightmare Before Christmas? No, no, no the ballet. We...
1: God, the ballet. The Nutcracker? The yeah, the Nutcracker. Okay. The Nutcracker. Wrecking. Oh, but anyway, sorry. Say, sorry. I digress again. So, you had Uh, said something like a
0: forest gnome, and I, you took it in a different direction than I had expected. Yeah, they gain
1: animals. They gain animals at each level, like a druid, like St. Francis. Right. You gain your little animals along the way.
0: So, and maybe, maybe my ideas are more like backstory based and not necessarily mechanics based, but I had thought of playing a druid that's like um, kind of a Johnny Appleseed type character that has to roam the land and replant the trees or re- like you said, kind of like the Barovia thing that would also, right. Right. It, no, I like you know, that. Regrow like that. the earth. Um, now, of
1: course I got to, I make a comment out there. You did not put it in the list. So we'll put it out there. There is of course the ever popular sweet leaf smoking Druid who worries <laughs> about his herb. <laughs> And there's a few people that mention that their druid is just kickback, back, back, smoking the earth. Yep.
0: I, I uh, did I catch love that. that late today. I did not add that in my notes. <laughs> so that's, so funny.
1: that's definitely – and and that is the druid most of my friends say I should be playing. <laughs> but I kind of want to spice it up a little bit. I'm still – and again, he's going to be in the cold. So I can't have the stoner druid in the cold. It'll just be <laughs> – everything will be a bummer. You know, I just – everything will be a bummer man
0: okay oh yeah
1: anyway uh so what
0: if i still
1: like moon i still like i still like in the moon because the moon's out at night and like i said i'm not playing it on a (laughs) shape-shifting um term and then i'm even thinking maybe from another biome i'm secretly there and i'm only telling the dm Mm -hmm. um that might be kind of intriguing too um where everybody doesn't know, I, they know I'm there. And I don't know. I, I, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I'm right. I, I got brainstorm some more. Brainstorm some more uh, so ideas for that specific campaign, but I can't think of one right now.
0: Can I ask you? Uh, Go ahead. I haven't been on the podcast until a few episodes ago, but um, have you read or are you a fan of the Wheel of Time series?
1: Oh, I know of the Wheel of Time. Okay. Um, but I can't say I'm. I'm like quoted or anything like that. I am familiar with it.
0: Okay, so That's the classic. in the original town, oh, I can't remember the name of the original town, how dare me, um, in the very, the first chapter of the book, um, okay. they have wisdoms there. Do you remember the wisdoms? Nynaeve. No, no, okay. go ahead. Just tell
1: the story. Okay,
0: so the wisdoms are like, they're wise women, you know, women kind of rule the culture, but they're it's their wise women, and they kind of like can read the weather, and and that's what they're known for is that they can read the clouds and read the weather and, and predict what's going to happen next. And, and of course, they can also do magic and other things, but that's kind of what they're known for. And so I thought it would be interesting to build a druid. I mean, obviously, you have control of elements and weather with your spells, but to really lean into the backstory of like, I can read the weather, I can read the clouds, you know, and and if I were playing it, I would use it to make like... Predictions that are either false or not. Like who knows? I could then be leaning into like ghost and being the person who can't really read clouds, but I'm going to pretend I can read clouds. No, that's. <laughs> I, think it's a
1: great, I think that's a great idea. And and you're talking about that. I then then I think of druids also crossing into the prophets, like Moses parting the Red Sea. Right. You could play a druid very much like, yeah, I have these big plans. You know.
0: Yeah. I mean, yeah. literally, yeah, you can part the water. I, have I can to lead these people. I can or make you... water out of a rock. <laughs>
1: <You> know, like... <laughs> Once again, we are talking about giving that druid like a real purpose. Hey, give a druid a bunch of people that start following them. Mm-hmm. Maybe yeah. that that's, we were just talking about a purpose. Maybe that's it right there. Bang.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's thank you. That was Edmunds Field, Two Rivers. Thank you, Adam. I hate myself that I couldn't remember that. Um, let's see what else uh i wanted to hey, ask is you... adam, hey is adam still running games
1: at his local library i want to. inquiring minds want to know do we yep. need to pitch his library games because he... if he's if he's on we'll pitch his games at his library local library you know if you're if you're if you're chatting we will pitch you <laughs>
0: <laughs> i think he's still catching up on uh wheel of time but um okay while we're waiting for his answer, so the other idea I had was leaning into like crystals. Excuse me, crystals, gems, you know, chakra, that kind of thing.
1: Wow! Yeah, yeah, we've been. I this was brought up in a magical Q and A, um, and this is also something in the real world. That doesn't get talked about, but using crystals or whatever be really cool. Wouldn't that be uh, a cool druid,
0: right? To kind of lean you know, into that and aligning people's chakras. <laughs> you no,
1: know, I think I think you may have given me my idea. Maybe oh. my dude just got like a pouch of crystals. Maybe that's, that's the way to go and stay with earth. Yeah. And the frozen earth. And the earth has been frozen and the earth is still underneath the snow kind of thing.
0: Yeah. There you go. And There's your connection.
1: Now, is there an earth druid? Like to the ground. I know there's fire, oh, right, and
2: water.
0: Well, they have the different circles, and I and I know that. See, and
1: that's and that's where for me, I think mm-hmm. old one e, two e. You pick a druid, and then you just start specializing by picking your spells. Right. You don't worry about picking a race. Yeah. Like that's and that's where the game has kind of kind of changed. Yeah. Uh, very very much so. Uh, but again, people love it. So I, I I am amazed at some of the builds that I read about um
0: Isn't it fantastic? In the past,
1: in the past couple of, yeah, I mean I, you know the amount of of thought that goes into it uh is incredible. Wait, there was someone ah someone in Dungeon Studios, uh, Barry the movie demon, who's been a guest on the show, his druid. Is mixed with a monk of the dead, but anyway, he makes he can make a pack of Voltron lions.
2: What? <laughs>
1: <How>? <laughs> I, I just I don't I don't I I <laughs> I can't I can't say it I can't. It's like he's got the race, the classes, the multi-classing, the powers, the whole thing goes together, and it's like he can make all these like robot. Oh, because he's also an artificer. He's an artificer druid, monk of the long dead way. Oh, it's it's crazy. It's totally crazy. Yeah. Uh, but and and I say crazy, but it's like again the the writers as as much as it's to me, it makes no sense. They made a rule system where people can really go crazy with with you know making builds. Um. So it's kind of crazy. I saw that there's a new builder for D D characters on something. Yeah, I forget what it is. Um, and people spend hours upon hours doing it. So saw someone. Uh, what's the one? Uh, forge where you make the little figures. Uh, and then you hero, them. hero forge. Yeah. Anyway, somebody did all the uh, cartoon characters from the D and D cartoons.
0: Oh, that's so cool. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah. I, I already stole them and posted it on our Facebook page at Dungeon Studio. So again, nice. like and follow because I'm all over that stuff.
0: You sure are. And
1: but there's a really cool Snoop Dogg out there. This is the way if you check it out, too. Anyway, I need a Snoop Dogg mini. <laughs> talking, about, talking about Stoner Druids. Oh my all right God.
0: i need a snoop dog druid oh that's fantastic
1: you didn't see my this is the way ad
0: no oh, you, got it, you got i'm so it. busy
1: oh you got to check it out man this is the way
0: all right all right <laughs> i'm gonna look at it so okay so now this is my question to you so okay we've gotten all this feedback from the internet from our various sources we've chatted about it i'm just curious now how you feel about druids are you still kind of like meh you know or is it you, you feel good about it now i'm still curious i'm still mad I,
1: I really still meh. I, I think i'm in a 5e meh though i don't yeah. i don't know if it's necessarily druids i think it was like we were just talking about um i'm really trying to get more inspired for the campaign is yeah. is really what I'm thinking about, and um, the last time I played Five E for cam- you know length of campaign, I totally went the chaos trickster route, and I really want to play something with some more format.
0: Yeah. Um.
1: So again, I think doing some kind of druid, I want to really talk to the DM, and see how it works, because again, he's using this campaign uh this module um if if there's not gonna be some homebrew for my druid to have some buy in like we're just saying he's gonna throw some people at me to follow or or if there isn't something built in like Ravenloft for a druid to be part of the scene right I don't want to do that. I, I don't I don't want to play that. I mean as a as an experienced the people say a forever DM I'm a forever Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah um I'm I'm always looking to expand my horizons as a player and a DM. Yeah. Um so in that respect I really want to talk to the DM again. Um and and ground zero it, you know, session zero it and see what everyone else is doing and how can I really fit in and play better in that game. Yeah. Uh to make it a better game for everybody.
0: Yeah, maybe once you do this if you're going to do this druid Um, it'll be interesting to hear about it and see maybe how it, how your opinion is, is shaped by it, you know, when you're done with it.
1: And then I know this guy who's DMing this adventure. I've been playing a while for him now. He's played a few different Druids that I've DMed for him. So I know he knows Druids and how they run and their mechanics. So he can really make a better call if it's something he thinks is going to fit the campaign. And then I feel better playing it. Yeah. Which, again, like I said, that's the type of game D&D is. You've got to be with your DM and your game master. and
0: Yeah. I mean, you know, honestly, that's, that's, that's the that's best tip ever is just make sure commu- – over-communicate. Always. Yeah,
1: over-communicate. <laughs> Always, you know. And, and you know, I, I like to say that sometimes I seem a little um, obsessive or um, – I'm going to use the wrong word. Anyway, but – um. Maybe even like uh, impulsive, mm-hmm. uh, but I guess that's 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 how you get it out. That's how you have to express it. That's how it is. I always say autistic. Oh, okay, uh, sort of like it's like sort of like an artistic expression in a way. Uh, but get it out. Get your feelings out.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's,
1: it's it's hard to express sometimes in that in that third person player character role.
0: Yeah, I agree. I agree. I. Uh... So I want. Well, what to... about you?
1: What about you? druids are you any player you just you're like dming there is no druid in your future
0: well okay i've played a druid in the past but that was at uh, that was 3.5 i have not i and i played a druid in a one shot for 5e which i didn't really get to use much so i can't say that i've i've really felt what it's like to be a druid in 5e i have ideas i can't wait to play them um but I, I just now, love was, the idea an, of Druids. There was an
1: opportunity. Uh, Mammoth Factory had a play test, and I saw it, and I was like, oh, I can jump in on this game. But it was like five minutes before the game started. They didn't get enough people, but it's going to be a puzzle Ooh. Uh, adventure. So I thought, oh, I'll be, I'll play a druid, a druid for the puzzle adventure. Yeah. But it, it did not come to fruition, and then it was the next day, and I couldn't make it. Oh, bummer. So I almost had a shot yeah so that's i think that would be neat too to try it out and then i might feel more comfortable
0: yeah that's i mean i oh boy do i have characters and i do tend to lean towards druid when i come up with characters in my brain but i have yet to play any of them because you know forever dm i'm not really a for anyway but (laughs) i just haven't had a chance to play them um but uh I love the nature aspect so hoping to come around to it.
1: Well and again I think we brought up druids initially everybody because you know the whole movie and then of course the oh the multiple shape shifting the the multiple shape shifting and then of course the monster shape shifting and then of course the misimpressions of people that don't play D&D and druids and so mm-hmm. we talk about it so thank you Amber uh, for uh, following through and yes. and, and, and And again, if you're out there on Facebook or whatever uh, and you are listening to us now and you saw our ad early, thank you uh, for coming back out and checking us out. That's like super cool.
0: Thank you. Oh, I also wanted to circle back before we uh, get ready to end this show that uh, it looks like Adam's campaign in the library is over. I wanted to make sure you saw that. You were going to plug it. All right. (laughs) All right. (laughs) (laughs) Nothing to plug there, but it's nice to have you here, Adam. (laughs) So, uh, Anyway, just wanted to, you know, remind you all to please like, share and subscribe us uh, on all our platforms if you can. We're trying to grow. Uh, The more we grow, the more we can do, the more capabilities we have. So please share and like and subscribe. Uh, Make sure you check out our website to support us, uh, the studio and all of the products uh, that we have. and you can also find us on Discord. We're really active on Discord, so if you just want a community to hang out with, come find us. We are always on there. Like Doc said, he's there. <laughs> I'm always, I, I, I'm
2: always there. I'm always and you around. can find I'm him, here.
0: and he is Doctor Platorius in our Discord. I'm
1: always there. I'm always there.
0: All right, so uh, Doc, you have anything you want to say to end the show?
1: Uh, well, I'll just uh, go on my regular outro. Um, we don't have a teaser for next week. Uh, So we're going to leave everybody in suspense for a surprise show next week. How about that?
0: Or if you have any ideas, put it in the chat.
1: Remember, no matter how you start out, you always start out odd. But with a little creativity and effort, you'll end up with the prime advantage.
0: All right. Thanks, Doc. And I'm going to say, remember, Mondays can be fun days when you're talking nerdy with friends like I talk with Doc. All right, everybody. And
1: and I got to just say one thing. Yep prom like I miss you good friend uh, like good times role-playing was- games or just like good times right with good friends so it is sad we miss you uh come back anytime
0: yes please do we need the grumpiness all right good night everybody <laughs> good night everybody
1: <laughs>